here. Um, we're going to ch- short message today, but continue on in our Through the Noise series. And uh, just for a few moments, we're going to look at First Peter chapter 5. And uh, in times of uncertainty and in the midst of cultural chaos, understanding God's plan is extremely important. Peter was writing to a first century church that was experiencing exactly that, cultural chaos. In many ways, it appears we're experiencing some of the very same thing today, values clashing between the culture at large and followers of Jesus. Often when values clash, followers of Jesus are labeled as hateful, when in fact, many times, they're just living out what they see as the teachings of the God who loves them and who loves the world. Today we're going to spend a few moments talking about leaders in the church. Uh, The first part of uh, this week applies more to me, it appears, than it does to you. But I I think you, uh, it's important for you to understand this. It's important for you to know what, what Peter is writing here. And I believe actually that it applies to every one of us. Um, In some capacity, because we all lead in places, uh, whether it be in a church or in a home or work or whatever, we're leaders. And I think it's worth learning in this moment. So 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1, and now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility. As you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Peter begins with instructions for elders. Peter also speaks of himself as an elder, establishing common ground to the leaders and the elders in the churches of the provinces of Asia to which he is writing. And so Peter begins his instructions in these verses by listing how elders ought to lead. Peter uses the term here, the terms elder and overseer interchangeably. He uses both words from the Greek and he communicates both of the ideas throughout this passage as Paul does in his letters as well. Well, he starts with instructions for elders in in, in verse 3. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over It willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. The instruction here is do the work that God's given you to do. (laughs) Do it willingly. Like like it ought to be somewhat of an an enjoyable moment. It ought to be like we're doing things that God has called us to do. I'm not suggesting that it's easy, but it ought to be a joy in doing it. There may be some work involved. There may be some difficulty involved. There may be stressful moments involved. Everything doesn't go easy. Look, even honestly, pastors and leaders, they they go through moments where it's more difficult. There are more stressful moments at times. But in those moments, there should be great joy. 
There should be joy in the midst of it all. There should be an experience of realizing and with great willingness to do the work. And, and there's, no, you know, like when you call in the middle of the night and I got to get up and go to a hospital or something. Like it takes me just a little moment for that to become joyful. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I don't wake up like that. But by the time I get to the hospital, I'll smile. Okay, that's just the way that's going to be. You, 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 you want to do what God has called you to do, and you want to enjoy doing it. And that's what we all need to be doing in every place that God has called us. And, and this is focused on, on elders, but, but Peter is saying, look, do this. Be eager to serve, and not for what you're going to get out of it. It ought to just be, you you ought to be just doing it because that's what God called you to do. Whatever place that is within the church, and in my case, in what I do. In verse 3, and I said 3 earlier, it was 2. In verse 3, don't lord it over the people gathered to your care, but lead them by your own example. There is a a place where you, you... pull rank a little bit to get things done. But that shouldn't be the normal process. You, you shouldn't have to be like, look, I'm the leader. You need to listen to me. And, and, and parents, I'm guilty. How many times have I said to my kids when they ask the question, why? Because I said so. I don't ever go into, because I brought you into the world, I can take you out. That, that one never gets into my, that, that's not part of my vocabulary. But you think about that, and sometimes we we want to pull rank to get people to follow. And honestly, we actually need to be better at communicating the why before the what. It's a great principle that we, we look at our own lives and what we're doing, and we say, look, I want people to understand why we're doing something before we're doing it. So we can understand the why before the what, and, and that's important. And, and he goes on and says, Peter says, look, lead them. Lead them by your own example. Look, if you always have to say, look, do this because I'm the leader, there's a problem. Stan's illustration of being underneath, helping other people become who God wants them to be. That is the illustration. That is the example of Jesus. And when we look at this, that's exactly what Peter is saying to the people he's writing to. Lead them by your own example. How should a leader lead? What should it look like? I mean, Paul instructed the people of Corinth with this thought along the same lines in 1 Corinthians 11.1. He says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. The example of the pastor or elder or leader is extremely important. I think about this all the time. The question I'm asking myself is, what example am I setting for the people around me? Do I want people following what I'm doing and how I'm living? If not, I need to ask God to help me change those things. Look, I'm far from perfect. But I'm also aware that my life is is to be an example for others to follow. And they ought to see Jesus in me. And as I follow Jesus, they should follow him as well. People ought to see a real difference in my life. Look, all day yesterday, okay, now people had no idea what I did. I ride a bike, right? I mean, it contextually doesn't work. But Karen Hiller, the person that convinced me to do this, she kept introducing me to everyone. She would say, hey, this is, this is Steve Peoples. He pastors First Assembly. 
I appreciated that. I, I like that. It was cool. And everybody, from the mayor to ever, she would introduce me that way, which was fun. I, I happened to spend about 45 minutes on the phone with her while I was driving um, a couple weeks ago, and that's how we decided that I could do this. And she was wanting to know more about them, and I, she'd heard from Jeremy Snowden how that I had these. And so she's just like, oh, we want them, and, and it's cool. And so, so we're talking, and in those conversations, it took me probably 20 minutes of talking to her on the phone before I told her, well, Karen, I passed her a church here in town. So I, it, was, it was a conversation. I, I need to make sure that I can maneuver my schedule and make sure there's things I can do and, and all that. And, and I, I wanted her to understand what I did. And, and so she, uh, I didn't tell her that, so she didn't introduce me to everyone. But, but it was great. Well, but you know what? If she introduced me as the pastor of First Assembly, and then I'm the meanest person on the planet, that didn't work real well. But I wasn't. I hope. I was one of the nicest people on the planet during that time. And, and I, you know, was out teaching people how to ride antique bikes so they can just about kill themselves. I mean, I, I don't know how that works, but one guy did bite it. I mean, he got on, he went, right? you know, helmet and everything. So it was good. He didn't hurt himself too bad. Wasn't my bike. <laughs> and it wasn't me. Um, you know, that's the risk you take if you want to learn how to ride a bike like that. There's a reason why they don't make them anymore. The reason why they got rid of them, even in that era, um, because they were not safe. People fell off them, and they broke arms, and people died, and it was weird, because they were riding them on dirt roads. So remember, you think our roads are bad, okay? They were worse. Imagine that on a bicycle. But look, you, you have to be the person that God wants you to be, and, and you always always are on duty. As a follower of Jesus, you're always responsible for the way you live your life. And I'm so aware of that. As a pastor, as a leader, as an elder, I recognize that, that I am always on. Like no matter where I'm at, and I sometimes have to be reminded of that. You know, there's times that my intensity levels can go through the roof in different scenarios. And I have a, a helpmate that we communicate with each other very well, as you've just learned this morning. Um, but she'll say, she'll say, you need to slow down. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll calm down. Those are usually in sporting environments, I'm just suggesting. Because I'm not competitive at all. <laughs> that was a lie, just in case you're wondering, which is not what pastors are supposed to do, but I just want to clarify quickly that that was not true. Okay, all right, so... It goes on and says, verse 4, And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Look, he, he tells us earlier, do it not for what you're going to receive, but you are going to receive. So if, you, if you're faithful, if you do these things as an elder, as a leader, as a, as a person who, who is helping oversee people, you're going to receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. And honestly, I believe every one of us in this room serve as leaders and elders in places, whether it be in our homes or whether it be in our work worlds or whatever, I believe every person who leads, whether it's a classroom or a small group or whatever it is, your responsibility to, ha to take care of those that have entrusted to you is very important. And that's what, what Peter is saying. And, and then it goes on in, in the second kind of instruction that he gives here in these five verses, instruction to younger people. 
Um, it says in the first part of verse 5, in the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Now I have a confession to make to you. Look, I used to think that I was one of the younger. Okay? Well, like I first went into the ministry, first time I had to speak to adults, I was scared to death. Like, why? The pastor made me do it. He told me I had to. But I looked around the room, and I realized that every person I was speaking to had known Jesus longer than I had been alive. Okay, and I'm like, what am I doing here? These people know way more than I know. They should be speaking to me. And my favorite verse throughout my lifetime really has been Paul's instructions to Timothy. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and impurity. And, and when you think about that, when you recognize that verse, as a young person, you realize, I've got to set an example today because that's who I am. You know what? I've never forgotten that thought. But now I recognize there's other places in the scriptures where as I'm getting older, I'm, I can still hang on to that. And I have a responsibility to set an example for the believers. And we all do. We all have that responsibility. I have that responsibility. You have that responsibility. And, and those who are younger are going to accept the authority of the elders. And, and I kind of play with it now. And, and when I'm talking to, to teenagers and, and younger people, colleges, whatever it is, I'll just look at them and go, I know, I know, I know. Gray hair, old, sort of crazy. But just trust me on this one. I've been down this road a little bit. I can actually pull the gray hair card now and, and can kind of say, look, you can listen, trust me, I can help you here. And they'll actually be like, yeah, he's, he admits who he is, so okay, we'll listen. And so we can go there. And so we just understand that, that younger people, except the authority of the elders, parents, leaders around you, accept the authority of those around you. Don't blindly follow. If the elder is not living the previous verses of 1 Peter chapter 5, they're not an elder you should follow. You need to listen to them. You need to be respectful. But, but when Peter's looking at this, he's saying, look, if you're going to follow, this is what they ought to be doing. They ought to be doing these things. They ought to care. They ought to, they ought to be showing you an example that's worth following and, and all those things. And look. Look, no one's going to do this perfectly, okay? So, so there's got to be some grace given, but, but God is, is wanting elders to, to live lives that young people are willing to follow because there's enough there for them to follow. And some of the responsibilities elders have, and we'll just quickly run through them, is teaching biblical truth, modeling Christ-like behavior, maintaining doctrinal purity in the church and those kind of places, disciplining believers who are determined to willfully disobey the will of God. I mean, just, just that... You've been around them. They just like to disobey God. So there's discipline that happens. I'll let the board take care of that. Oh, number five, overseeing financial things. And, and, and in there, great example, Acts 11.30. And we don't do this. I don't do this on my own. And they didn't either. They had gifts that were given. And the elders of Jerusalem figured out how to distribute the gift that was given. Acts chapter 11.30. Praying for the sick is another one of the responsibilities of elders. Um, and then there's instructions for everyone at the end of verse 5. It says this, and all of you. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Look, it's easy to, you know, 
apply that. It's easy to come up with scenarios where that works. Um, here's, here's how it's going to work with me. There, there will be, and I, and I haven't sent it yet because they've just, they haven't even finished the event. It finished this morning. But, but I will send an email to Karen Hiller that says, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your event. It was an honor and a privilege for me to be there and, and just to hang out. And they wanted me there, I know that. But I just enjoyed it, and I just want to serve them. And that's why I did it. It was a community event. I just wanted to bring something I could bring that very few people in this area had. One other guy had a bike like that, and he couldn't ride it, so I was teaching people to ride it. He'd never seen his bike crash, by the way. <laughs> he told me that as it flipped right in front of him. He goes, I've never seen that before. I'm like, sorry, it was your bike. Okay, it's easy application, humility. But you know what's weird? When you're put in a place where people want you to talk about your strengths, that's a weird question. For people like myself or people who are, are, are you know, from our background, it's like, wait, humility is valued really high and talking about strengths and skills and things like that, that's not so much sometimes. And sometimes we feel like we got to separate those, and I don't think that's true. I think there's ways to be humble in the midst of God-given gifts in your life. And we need to find ways to balance that. So I don't think that that's a negative, but I think we need to find ways to balance it. Look, but if you're always talking about yourself, you might have a humility problem. We know people like that. They just talk about themselves endlessly. But we don't like being around those people. We actually like to be around humble people. People who will take interest in other people. And here's the way this works out in this First Peter chapter 5 scenario. Here's what, but what, what Peter is trying to drive at. Peter has just given instructions about how elders ought to live, how they ought to be. And then he slides in this little thing about humility, and he talks about that for everybody. And sometimes within the church, right, we have our ideas of how things ought to go, <laughs> right? <laughs> like pastors and leaders make decisions, we're like, well, I didn't think that was a good idea. We don't say that out loud, do we? <laughs> okay, so maybe we do sometimes. Look, not every idea that the pastor has is great. Some of them are stupid ideas. But that's why I want a team of smart people around me. Because there ought to be an interchange of ideas. There ought to be like, hey, what if we, what if we do this? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That'd be terrible. I'm the, I, with the board, and the board, our, our board of deacons in the church, when, when we come with an idea, or I come with an idea and say, hey, I'm thinking about this, I'm like, are you okay with that? And they're like, no. Okay, then we won't do that. If it's yes, all right, we'll do that. But, they, they look, you know, we've got to have the kind of place. Look, the elders, it's actually safer for elders to operate within a plurality kind of thing, a, a multitude of leaders. Now, somebody's going to have to lead, but, but when there's a team of people leading, it makes it better because one person can't run off and do crazy things. Like if I was by myself, it would be the dumbest thing in the world because I need people around me who are wise, full of Holy Spirit, who are helpful, who are able to give input into things, and, and that's what I love is that kind of place because humility is being able to submit your ideas to leadership and being willing to get behind decisions that are made and to go there. Now, again, 
you have to understand, I'm not expecting blind following. I expect people to challenge ideas, to ask questions. I think that's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. But when leaders and a board, and like, and there's nothing wrong. I'm just giving you instruction. He wrote this. I'm just teaching it. So, you know, and that's just the way it works. So you just do what the scriptures are saying. And that's the way we go. We, we just do that. So Peter's words for the churches to submit are not blanket statements. They're not blanket endorsements of every elder in the world. Rather, he assumes that spiritual healthiness is at the top. When leadership is corrupt, there's a problem. Following it would be contrary to, to God's plan and his will. So we've got to know that. And that's why Peter is listing out and Paul lists other places, qualifications, and, and what you ought to see in your elder and, and elders and leaders. That's what you ought to see. So when you see elders and leaders who, who have some of the biblical qualifications and you see them, then you ought to follow them. You ought to encourage them. You ought to pray for them. You ought to help them. So today we're going to finish with this question. Simple question. Are you a leader worth following? Should people in the church follow your example? Should your, fa- your family follow your example? Not your example of a year ago. Not your example of five or 20 years ago. Should the people around you follow you today? That's the question that Peter asks elders. Should people follow you? If not, God's wanting you to change some things. If you do a self-evaluation, you look inside of your life, and you say, ooh, well, that's a spot I don't want anybody following. That's a place where God wants to work in you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He's good at that. Speaks into our lives areas in which we need help. So today, I encourage you, ask that question. Am I a leader worth following? Now, earlier in the service, there was a song that we were singing. Are you broken? Are you shattered? I can't quote the words. It was, oh, come to the altar. Jesus, his arms were open wide. Come in that ballpark, right? Good. If you're here this morning, and you're not a follower of Jesus, that song was for you. And that's an invitation for you to become a follower of Jesus. You maybe didn't understand a word I said other than talking about old bikes and you thought it was crazy. But that song was for you today. That song was for you to make a decision to follow Christ. Jesus knew you were here today. He wanted you here today and he wanted you to make a decision to follow him. So this morning as the band comes back and they lead us in a song, there's going to be some people that are going to come to the altar and they're going to be here to pray with you. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I invite you to come and pray with one of them. Just walk up to them, tell them why you're coming. If you're coming for another reason, if you're coming because you need healing your body, then come for healing your body. No one cares why you're coming other than we're going to celebrate with you that you're becoming a follower of Jesus.
You're coming because you have something you need God's wisdom in. If you want to be a better leader and you want to come and you want to ask them to pray with you, or you just want to come and pray at the, at the altar by yourself, you can come and kneel and you can just be here and just experience God for however you want. Because God is here to meet you and he wants to change your life and he loves you and cares for you. Would you pray this morning? Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Lord, I pray that in this moment there'd be some people that would decide today is their day to follow you. God, I pray that you would give them comfort, give them confidence that the Jesus that we were singing about is real. He loves them and cares for them. God, I pray, speak into every life in this place to help us be the people you want us to be. Lord, that in this moment and in these times, God, we will experience your presence and your power and we would become the people you designed us for. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, have your way in these closing moments. In Jesus' name, amen.